Welcome to The Body Nerd Show. I'm your host, Alexandra Ellis, and after a decade in the fitness industry, I've finally cracked the code on how you can build sustainable strength without getting hurt. I'm a coach, writer, yogi, kettlebell devotee, lover of lifting heavy things, and 100% a body nerd. So stick with me, and I'll teach you how to make body maintenance and movement mastery a fundamental part of your wellness routine. Are you ready? Let's do this. Welcome back. You're listening to episode 146 of The Body Nerd Show. Today, I'm joined by the non-diet trainer, Barb Puzanovova, and we're talking about what joyful movement is and how to incorporate it into your life, how to stop exercising for weight loss, and how to start your own joyful movement practice. Now, I've been following Barb on Instagram. She's at non-diet underscore trainer, and she's a health at every size, weight neutral and inclusive, a certified personal trainer. She's a behavior change specialist and a certified intuitive eating counselor. And everything that she posts has just resonated so deeply with me as somebody who moves not because I'm trying to achieve a certain aesthetic, but just because I love moving. I love it. I really like my movement, my exercise, my mobility, all of it is part of my mental health. And I've shared that with you before. And so I was hoping, and she totally delivered, that Barb would join us and share her own journey to getting to that place of really shedding this idea that you have to earn your workout or that your workout has to serve some higher purpose of burning calories or changing your body or anything like that. I move because I want to be stronger and because I want to be able to do all the things I want to do with my body, go on adventures. As I'm talking to you, I'm looking at a picture that I climbed up on a waterfall. Like I want to be able to do stuff like that for as long as I want to do it without worrying about my body. And to be more human, that's the purpose that my movement and my mobility all serves. So Barb is going to share her own story of recovering from an eating disorder. So if that is something that you know you are sensitive to or is going to be triggering for you, just giving you a heads up ahead of time. Uh, But she empowers people to step off the scale and into their life so that they can move their body with less rules and more joy. And you know I'm all about fun and Barb absolutely is too. So enjoy my conversation with Barb Puzanovova. So first of all, Barb, I'm so stoked that you're here and even more excited for what's about to unfold. I don't even know. I'm just excited. So let's start where I always like to start, which is what do you like to get nerdy about? I really like to get nerdy about body autonomy. I guess Pilsner Urquell, (laughs) (laughs) we were just talking about a second ago, Um, and really anything movement and really also like the bigger picture of movement. So like anything like compassion-based, public health, that's kind of my jam. I don't love getting too into the weeds of like specific movement kinesiology stuff. Mm-hmm. A little different <laughs> like than mm-hmm. most coaches. Yeah. Well, and I think too, we can get like caught up. Um, you know, I have colleagues as well who are like, well, what does the research say? And if it's not in the research, and I'm like, okay, but there's space as well for just like having fun. And I think people forget mm-hmm. that sometimes, you know? Yes. I am very much a fan of evidence-based stuff, Um, definitely a fan of science. And sometimes I feel like we forget that it's human beings performing research and studies. And I'm like, I'm going to be critical of these studies if they're one, not conducted well. I Mm -hmm. believe in like really good research if we're going to quote studies all day and all night. Um, And I'm also a big fan of like making sure that we don't have like 
you know, or also just being aware of the fact that we all have internal biases and we all have conclusions we wish to kind of, you know, find out or confirm at the end of a certain study or as we interact with patients or clients or something like that. So it's like, yeah, those things exist. And even if you're a quote unquote, you know, logical person or a practical person, which I very much pride myself on that I am a practical person, um, we're still human beings and we're still flawed and we have to check ourselves on that for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm just like, I want to marinate in that for a little bit. I'm just like, it's so comforting, especially, you know, this episode's coming out in January. We are in the thick of, you know, you better have a new year's resolution and you're going to fail at it and then you're garbage. But like, don't worry, just pay me some money for the, like this supplement or this program, <laughs> like whatever. And like, that will fix all your problems. So just like this compassion and based in like logic and also embracing like who you are as a whole human is so comforting. And I feel so safe right now. So thank you. <laughs> and I, I, you're so welcome. And thank you. Cause I, I'm actually a huge fan of like new year's time. I don't know if it's just because it's like a glimmer of joy and fun and newness mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. midst of like a cold and dark time in this season of the year. But I really like it. It always feels like it's almost like that quiet early morning time of the mm-hmm. year. It's like, oh, it's like very quiet. And like, I get to just like be with myself. I'm usually like really fucking reflective during this time. <laughs> I don't party. I know we just talked about how I'm like <laughs> super lightweight. I like never drink. <laughs> I'm like somewhat sober. Um, I just am like not interested in it at this point. My parents are European. So like we no big deal before five. <laughs> But yeah, I, for the past few years, I've actually like gone to meditations and just like meditated into the new year. So that's, that's like my vibe for new years. And so, uh, but that wasn't always the case. Like when I Mm -hmm. think about what new years used to mean to me, it was always like turn, I called it turnover new leaf syndrome. Like Mm -hmm. I loved turning over the new leaf. I like to really just like forget and kind of throw away and shamefully discard (laughs) whatever mistakes, whatever things didn't go my way. I get to just like erase that and start new in the new year. And it felt really, really exciting. Um, And so I'm totally familiar with the whole like lose five to 10 pounds or whatever, insert number of pounds, you know, get all A's, get this, Mm -hmm. get that. Like I, I love that shit. I was all about (laughs) it. Uh, I'm going to be a new person. And I was super excited about it. Uh, that was obviously before anyone sat me down and was like, so that's not how goal setting works. That's not how human behavior works. But I was like very pumped on it. Um, and it wasn't until I think it's also a special time for me because it wasn't until maybe I think the start of 2016 that it was the first time that I didn't make any like one. It wasn't like a whole list of things. Right. And it also didn't include anything about weight loss. It was just, can I stop tracking my macros for the month of January? And how is that going to feel? If I hate it at the end of the month, I'll just like, you know, continue tracking macros in February. And if I really like it, then I can just like continue to try it out. And, you know, previously to this, I'd been tracking macros for probably like a year or two. Um, Looking back at it now, I had orthorexia or like what (laughs) would be diagnosed as that. Um, And it was really interesting. Like I just picked that one thing for that one month. It wasn't like, oh, I'm doing this for the whole year. I was just like, let's try this shit out for a year and see how it goes. And I remember I didn't realize what I was doing was like intuitive eating, but I kind of was like I was trying to have like 
these delicious ass cookies that we had on campus at our Rand uh, like community center, like whatever it was called. Mm-hmm. And they were so fucking good. And I like, <laughs> I remember trying out just like experimenting really like non-judgmentally of like, oh, when I have two of these, I feel a little nauseous. I feel a little sick. Like it's not great, but they're delicious. Cool. Um, and then if I like have a whole one that I like feel this way, if I have a half of one, I feel this way. And like at the end of the month, I was just like, oh, this is actually, I didn't die. First of all, mm-hmm. <laughs> like my health is fine. Um, I'm not, <laughs> my life isn't like crumbling around me. And I just have never tracked macros since. Um, and it's been just like cool to kind of see how that's served me since then. So like, I think mm-hmm. New Year's for me can be a really good time to like start with new intentions, experiment with some new shit and, and just see how it goes. And maybe like, you don't have to, like, it's still scary for me to plan out a year. Like I just, my brain is like, but things can happen. Like 20 yeah, and like yeah. all the time. Yeah. Maybe, you know, it's just like, Hey, it's a new year. What's my intention. And maybe can I try something new for the month? And yeah. so I feel like that, that has been super helpful for me in years past. And maybe that's why I just really like new years. Yeah. Fair, fair enough. Was that for you to like the kind of like start of joyful movement and like that experience for you? I think so. Yeah. I, I wish I could put dates. Like I never had these like revelatory moments of like <laughs> joyful moving and intuitive eating and blah, blah, blah. But I think so backing it up and giving that context for like why I made that choice to just have like one goal for January. Um, I had just started to go to therapy in like the fall of the previous year. And I remember I came in there and I told her, I was like, Hey, I just think I'm like too nervous around food. Like my relationship with food is just, it takes up a lot of my brain space. Like, I don't know what that's about. I just had like no idea, but I knew that something was off. I was like, this is weird. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was going to therapy at the time. Thankfully, it was free. It was like through the college and everything. Oh, that's incredible. awesome. And I remember now to think of it, I don't know that we talked about food all that much. We like talked about like one question always stands out to me when she asked me one day, do you ever have a day where you like go without setting any goals? And I was like, what the fuck do you mean? <laughs> I know not that? what you speak of. <laughs> That's, I mean, some days I set less. <laughs> 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 I just like didn't understand. And I'm not like, I graduated Bandy with like a 2.9 GPA. I really don't want to set up this idea that I was like a star <laughs> student. I was in high school. I was not in college. College was hard. Um, <laughs> just making that clear. But I definitely still had really high standards for myself and just felt like, well, because I'm not doing well, then I need to be even harder on myself. Like that's Mm -hmm. what I need to succeed. And turns out I made it all worse. So (laughs) I'm grateful for that happening first before I kind of got into it. And I think, when was that? That was probably a couple years into college. So during that time, I was still kind of like going to the gym. I'm going to call myself like the lone wolf gym goer. Like I went Mm -hmm. by myself. I had my headphones. I had my monster energy drink. (laughs) I would just like fuck it up by myself. And honestly, as an introvert, like I still love that. I'm still super down for that. But I noticed as like friends wanted to like come tag along or like, hey, like come, you know, take this class or like come to Zumba or something. I was like, 
that's going to fuck with my training schedule. Like I did legs that day. Like, no, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I can't do it. And I just saw how it kind of limited and made my life a lot smaller. And so I think at the same time, I also ended up getting a position um, as a very, very new trainer, like brand spanking new at GetFit615, which is an anti-diet gym that's still here in Nashville. It's time of this recording. It's amazing. Um, And I ended up working there for like five years. And I think it was really important the way that we taught like really framed things for me as you get to choose what you need to do for yourself for your body in this moment and Mm -hmm. even if we had something written up on the workout board people could always choose to do something else like you can come show up and maybe you're just like walking you know up and down the the parking lot You get to do that. You just get to be in the energy of other people. We had a gym dog named Emma. Like you get to just like pet the dog. And it was incredible. And I think it was super helpful for people to like, and myself to see people trusting themselves and trusting their choices around like, Hey, I don't want to do burpees. And then it was like, cool. What else do you want to choose instead of that? Just like Mm -hmm. no judgment. No, like, well, maybe no, Mm -hmm. just like Mm -hmm. you let people do that. So I think I saw joyful movement essentially like in action at the time. I got a lot less lone wolfy. I got a lot more group oriented. I started doing like tough mutters, like mud runs and stuff <laughs> that was like way more team oriented and way more about just having fun and just being like, we'll finish at some point, whatever. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it was really, really nice to be in that kind of environment. And just like working as a trainer, you're obviously also moving a lot. It's definitely manual labor. Um, <laughs> yeah. Putting it down. Uh, we kind of forget about that, even though I wasn't working out when I was teaching, because as a side note, I think that it's important for us to be paying attention to people as they're taking mm-hmm. class mm-hmm. and being there to teach instead of like just demonstrating the whole time. But still was moving around a bunch. And sometimes I'd like hop into a class, you know, here and there. And just like, it was way less structured. And I think that was the start of me kind of understanding what joyful movement was at that point in my life, for sure. Yeah. And I think too, of what you said of learning to trust yourself is such a fundamental piece of getting to that place where you can enjoy movement because you're trusting that you're making the best decision for yourself in that moment. And it's just, you know, like a friend described it to me one time because I was like beating up myself for whatever choice I made about like, I don't even remember. She's like, you made a choice. It was just a choice. You know, it doesn't have to have all of this weight of like, oh, I suck because I only did it one time or I didn't even have time or like whatever. It's Mm -hmm. just like, you made a choice and maybe you make a different choice next time. Like, that's cool. Whatever. Mm, Yeah. Because we have limited time and resources and energy and whatnot. And there's so many things that go into a choice. Like I was thinking the other day, since I work for myself, I can generally work out most times of the day, like I get to choose. Mm -hmm. And so typically my time is like afternoon ish. Now it's definitely like before it gets really dark. I know that like after that happens, I'm like, "Mm, I don't want to do nothing. (laughs) Yeah, Like know myself. And I've done that over the process of years of trying like 6am and noon and like 9pm as a college student, it was like, whenever, whatever. Mm -hmm. And it was like through trial and error, I know when I enjoy moving the most. So I like give myself the best chance of success, whatever. But recently, I've been kind of trying to explore morning movement a little bit, not every day, because I don't want to do it every day. (laughs) And it was just so cool to see like the way that my brain worked in terms of like making that choice versus 
you know, what would it mean if I skipped the morning workout or like pushed it to another time or pushed it to another day? And um, just noticing like, instead of it just being like, you know, either a win-lose situation, just being like, oh, I made that choice because maybe I didn't, you know, get enough sleep the night before. So it makes sense that I chose more sleep or it makes sense that I woke up a little bit too late. So then there would be a fuck ton of traffic and I don't want to be in traffic. So Mm -hmm. I made the choice to not sit in my car and instead I like did something at home or there's always choices that we're making. And it doesn't mean like, you know, that kind of like side eye, like you're making choices. And if it's, (laughs) if you're not making the right choice, you're like not prioritizing it. It's like, right. It's not at every point in my life that I put health as my number one priority or like fitness in particular, where I'm like, yeah, this is my number one priority. In 2020, it was definitely not my number one priority. Absolutely not. (laughs) Like in some ways, maybe yes. I ended up getting COVID at the end of 2020. And it was just like, I'm just trying to like get through. I have a fuck ton of brain fog. I can't taste or smell anything. Going outside for a five minute walk was like a sprint. It felt like my heart rate was just like through the roof. Mm-hmm. And my meditation practice like went out the window because I would try to sit for like 20, 30 minutes because at that point I'd like built up to that. Woo. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is anxiety inducing because I've got like increased heart rate. I'm just sitting here. It's super, right. super weird. And so, no, yeah, health and fitness was not at the top of my priority ladder. And that's fine. I think we sometimes forget that it's okay to like demote it down a little bit. But I think a lot of people kind of are like, well, if it's not number one, then what are you doing? Yeah, very, very all or nothing. And I think, too, there's like this fear of if I give myself any leeway, I'm going to fall off the wagon and it mm-hmm. will all have been for nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, how do we unpack that? Yeah. I think I always say when I get asked that, it's like, there is no wagon. Like, what game are we playing where you win health? We all die. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm kind of a Buddhist in nature. And I'm just like, I don't understand. You know, on one hand, like I have my side that's kind of like, Hey, like there are actually things that you can do that can like help you live like a more, you know, meaningful and joyful and purposeful life. And that's fucking awesome. And even in the face of like systems of oppression, they're always like fucking shit up. Um, and there are little things that you can do for yourself. Fuck. Yeah. Like all here for it. Cause like internal locus of control. Great. Love that. (laughs) Helps us feel like, you know, we matter and that we can make change, which is dope. But at the same time, you know, this idea that like, I don't know, that there is a game to be won and like you're winning it if you and that you can control every aspect of your health and that there's even like a perfect health thing. Just yeah. so weird to me. And some like, thankfully, you know, by learning and listening from other like disability activists and chronic illness and chronic pain folks, I'm like these, like some people can't ever access what we quote unquote define as perfect health. And like, what then? Like no amount of dieting and exercise <laughs> really just like fix that. And now what? Like, are you like less worthy of as a human being? Like, it's just very frustrating. So I, I definitely look at it through that lens. But for the regular person, you know, that like generally doesn't have a whole lot of health conditions and you're like, oh, I'm trying to start a movement routine of some sort and I just can't quite get it. 
I just like to think about like what movement already exists in your life. Like mm-hmm. really notice. Cause I feel like we only notice that when it's like, we can't access it anymore. Like, yeah. Sick. We get injured. Like something happens and then you're like, Oh my God, I can't walk up my stairs or I can't feed myself or something like that. And mm-hmm. it can be really disorienting. But this whole time we could have been noticing, Oh my gosh, look at how I'm like standing at this desk and like my body is supporting itself. Isn't that interesting? Cool. And just like noticing the movement that we already have existing instead of, oh, it's this separate thing that I do in the gym or it's a separate thing that I do for 45 to, you know, to 60 minutes at the gym. That's totally separate from my life when in fact movement is a part of our lives. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think of it that way of just like, you know, my strength workouts, my walks, my movement is to allow me to continue to move, right? Cool. And to be more human because sitting at a, or standing even at a computer all day is not really superhuman. And just my body requires more. And allowing it to be that, and that's the focus instead of trying to achieve some goal that like I never set in the first place and somebody told me I should care about. Yeah. And it's okay to not care about that. It's okay to just, I want to, you know, walk my dog and not be out of breath or go on a hike and, and not have pain or just like get up and down off the floor and sure. be okay with that. Like all of that is totally fine. Mm-hmm. And getting to that place is for sure the challenge, but it's absolutely, it's so freeing. Yeah. So freeing. <laughs> what would it feel like to know exactly what to do to take care of your body, to know that every exercise was actually helping you get stronger instead of being a total waste of time? And imagine not being afraid of pain because you know exactly how to maintain your body and how to take care of any type of soreness, tension, or pain. Movement Mavens is one of the most comprehensive step-by-step programs that'll actually teach you body maintenance and movement mastery so you can continue to build sustainable strength and get rid of pain no matter what comes up. Our community is filled with movement-minded women who are committed to taking back control of their body and their health. With customized wellness plans, a growing video library, and monthly coaching, you'll know what to do so that you can keep running faster, hit PRs, recover more effectively, and feel amazing every day. I'm opening up the doors soon for a limited time, but if you're on the wait list, you'll be the first to know. So grab your spot on the wait list and learn more about Movement Mavens at aewellness.com slash mavens. That's aewellness.com slash M-A-V-E-N-S. It's a lot of unpacking, like as you're mentioning even these movements, like I think about people that are either paralyzed or like they can't move. They're, they're mm-hmm. probably listening to this and are like, um, we're <laughs> in the picture. Mm-hmm. And what I think about a lot is like, we all belong in this. It's just movement and what that means for us will look different. Also, yep. it's totally okay if movement is like not on the menu there are totally a a variety of like to think of movement as like a tool in our toolbox of like the human experience or even like you know processing our feelings and stuff like the whole movement is therapy thing is kind of bullshit like i know what that feels like i definitely use movement as like a therapeutic thing when i like feel mad or whatever like movement is amazing love that shit and at the same time, not really a replacement for therapy guided by a professional. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, amen to that. <laughs> um, not the same at all. And and that's okay. Like 
there is something to be said about how I feel like movement does help me connect to my feelings. Like I, it can be really hard for me to be like, where do you feel this in your body? I'm like, I don't fucking know. But once I start moving, I'm like, Oh, I'm like here crying on the floor and not because of the workout, but because it's like release some emotions that I like, didn't maybe even know were there or like Mm -hmm. were there so prominently. And I'm like, Oh, (laughs) I'm like really feeling this. And it's, it can be really, really helpful. Um, but yeah, I just think about the ways that we can maybe expand our definition of like what counts as movement, um, and just like expand what, what people are then included because when we expand the definition, then we also expand the players, the people that can participate, um, within that. Like if you told me that movement was only, uh, baseball, I would be really fucking excluded because <laughs> I don't want to play baseball, cannot play baseball unless I like, I met, I guess, really practice, but I don't want to. <laughs> right. So if that is your only definition of what counts, well, shit, you're excluding everybody other than those people who are maybe already practicing it. And like, maybe also want to continue to practice it. That's it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I definitely, I mean, even like the baseball. Yeah. You don't need to do what everyone else is doing is finding what works for you. And even if that's just like, oh, I'm, you know, reaching my arms overhead and like, that's good enough for today. Like it yes. all counts. It's all okay. And it's all defined by you and what you yeah. want to define as that movement. I think that's so super important and empowering too, for people. Another thing I want to make sure that we touch upon as well, because I follow you on Instagram and I'm like always scrolling and I'm like, Hey, Betsy, your dog, she's so cute. How's it going? But this idea about body size Mm -hmm. and pain Mm. and that the two are connected, that to get out of pain, one must also lose weight and Mm -hmm. that the pain that one has is entirely due to the weight, which is nonsense. Yeah. So tell me more from your perspective on that. Yeah. So I think this connects well to what we're talking about with like determining what movement works for you. Cause a lot of times I will get folks who are like, well, I want to try to explore that, but pain stops me or something else stops me. But pain is a pretty common one. Like, Oh, would love to try hiking, but my knees just really are killing me on, you know, the uphill and downhill. And then to that, I and then they might follow that with, well, maybe I do need to lose a few because I've heard that it puts pressure on the joints. Um, it's just like a lot of weight to carry, blah, blah, blah. And when I think about that, I'm like, hmm, I think we've just gone astray as maybe like a fitness community of what's correlation and what's causation. And mm-hmm. I feel like if you've taken any statistics class before, science class before, we talk about this a lot. It's like, I feel like we learned it in grade school mm-hmm. and is the first time that I heard about it where causation means we know exactly how, you know, something has caused B, like A has caused B directly. There's not just a correlation where it's like, huh, there's like a loose statistical, you know, when A increases, B seems to increase at a similar rate. And when A decreases, same thing happens to B. We know the actual mechanism of why that happens. And I remember, I think it might've been in like a business class or something. I think it was... (laughs) economics. <laughs> um, but he was just like pulling up those like really funny correlations between like totally unrelated things, but it has like a pretty good P value where it's like, right. Yeah. Like by statistical 
matters, you'd be like, oh, it actually like seems to cause it. And it's like, no, no, no. It's just a correlation. Like there's, it would be like, I don't know, the number of, I don't know, like cherries and like people crossing the street or something. <laughs> really ridiculous. I'm totally pulling it out of my butt. Um, but you look at it, if you are like a generally logical person, you're like that, like it could be anything. And I feel like we've done a very similar thing with weight or BMI, like whatever you want to kind of put in there and things like pain or other health statistics. And there are other folks I would definitely shout out maintenance phase. They have done yeah. really, really awesome work on actually citing their sources and, and, getting more into the detail. Um, I'm not going to do that here because I don't have those on hand, but just know that there is science behind this. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes, you know, this kind of conversation can be just like tacked on is like, it's about feelings and it's like, it kind of is, but also there's science behind it. So a lot of garbage science behind it too. (laughs) Indeed. So for me, the the biggest thing that I'm going to look at is like, one, do we know actually the the mechanism of why, you know, someone at a higher weight may be feeling more pain? First of all, that doesn't seem to be true. Uh, I'm someone who is not at a concerted at a higher weight for my like height to weight statistic, but um, I've totally experienced pain, have mm-hmm. experienced, you know, painful knees. Um, my, my shoulders have dislocated. I've had hip pain, sciatica, you name it. Um, just kind of like have run the gamut of things. Um, and it's not because I've gained weight or like had any other health conditions. I just experienced pain. Later, it turns out that strength training was what helped me. Same. And it's just one of those things where I'm like, okay, let's say you have an individual that is at a higher weight and they have pain. Then they take some set of behaviors. Let's say they are sleeping more, they are moving more, they're prioritizing themselves more. Maybe they change their job to a less stressful job that they're not working night shift um, or like, you know, some wild hours. And they're doing these things to, you know, prioritize their health. And maybe in the end, they do end up losing weight because sometimes you take those behaviors and you can lose weight, you can maintain weight, you might even gain weight, kind of depends where you're at. Um, but they lose weight and then their pain also decreases. So when we look at that, the correlation is, oh yeah, person A lost weight, their pain went down A to B, right? Right. But it's like, is that the actual mechanism? Because then if someone had pain, wouldn't we just like, rec- uh, you know, recommend or, uh, tell them to just like get liposuction, like isn't that how that would work? That if you go through some drastic weight loss surgery, you immediately, you know, have no more pain. Like, no, no, not how it works. I'm not sure it's that way that's more simple works. Um, yeah. And I, I wonder if someone's like done a study on that or something, but I just want us to start poking holes into this a little bit more because we don't actually know. We might see a correlation, sure, but like we might not know the actual causation of why that happened. And there are studies now that have shown like if you're increasing your hydration, then pain might decrease. Stress Mm -hmm. affects our pain levels and pain Mm -hmm. perception. Things like, oh my gosh, just like movement or or changing or varying our uh, position throughout the day. So like if I stand all day, that's going to be different for my body. 
and probably is not going to feel great. Ask any server ever. Yeah. <laughs> in the service industry, standing all day is not fun. Walking all day and picking shit up is also not fun. Talk to any manual laborer. Mm-hmm. And then also sitting all day is also not fun. Fun. Talk to any office worker or corporate, mm-hmm. you know, cor- corporate folks. Yeah. So variety is the spice of life, and I feel like when we really dig into it. It's about our behaviors. And also like, even that may not be as airtight as we think. Um, but like, it's a start. And so when people say like, Oh, it's too much pressure for your joints. I'm just like, it's not like this person is like suddenly gone, you know, to however many pounds they have. Maybe if I go from, if I like put on a backpack with like a hundred pounds and try to carry that all day, my body's not adjusted to it. It's not adapted to it through like progressive overload, Mm -hmm. um, which is essentially what we do when we gain weight really, really slowly. Our body does adapt to that. Like it doesn't suddenly wake up and it's like, oh, I'm like, I can't believe this happened. It's like, yeah, I'm just thinking of like way back quickly, like Tim Allen in the Santa Claus. That's not real. Okay. That's not how it worked. (laughs) I feel like I need that on a shirt. That's not how that works. (laughs) So when we think about just like strength training, right? Like the basics Mm -hmm. of strength training to get stronger is progressive overload. If I want to one day squat a hundred pounds, well, first I need to squat 25, then 50, then 75, and then I can eventually squat a hundred. But like, that's the same with if you gain weight, the same thing happens. Your body does actually get stronger as you gain weight, but there's other things that are happening. And that's one big thing that I always want to take away with is just asking ourselves, like, are there other factors going on? Is weight the only thing that has changed? Or are there other things that might have changed alongside it? In which case, that's why it's hard to do studies because you're Ideally, in a study, you're only changing one thing, one variable, and then you can Mm -hmm. for sure say, oh, we changed this variable, and then the other thing did or did not change. Mm -hmm. That's like the ideal study, but unfortunately, our bodies and our lives don't work that way. We have like a ton of other stuff that's like Mm -hmm. at stake, and that may influence our findings. So I like always like to think about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's definitely not a reason to, you know, if being out of pain or resolving an injury or just getting to a place where you can experience some sort of movement in a more joyful way is your goal. Mm -hmm. Like what your body composition is at this moment, like it doesn't matter. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And also like, I, I love this idea of you don't have to wait in your life to experience joy and pleasure. Like you don't have to wait to lose weight to experience the things that you want to experience. Um, You don't have to lose weight to travel the world. You don't have to lose weight to wear the things that you actually want to wear, like fashionably you want to wear. You don't have to lose weight to try to start enjoying movement and redefining your relationship with movement. Like all of that stuff is just bullshit. And like, do you want to wait you know, five, 10, 20 years, your entire life waiting until you're smaller in some way to like experience those things? And I will say as a caveat, it is unfortunate that if you are at a, like a certain weight or higher, there are real barriers like in terms of like accessibility. And like, you know, I think about friends that have told me horror stories about like going on airplanes and flights and being like, I don't know how big the seats are going to be. I don't know mm-hmm. if they have seatbelt extenders. Like those are real barriers. And I'm not going to just scoot across those and be like, the world is your oyster. Like <laughs> the world is not always an oyster, unfortunately, yeah. for everyone. And it's not created to be accessible for everyone. And I hope that it is one day, but I really want us to like 
you know, step off the scale and like really step into our life as it's meant to be, or as, as we want it to be. And again, like create that sense of control or that sense of like ownership. I don't know. I don't like the word control that much, but like the sense of like, I do have some say of like, what is going to happen in my life. And I don't necessarily want to live it based on like what others have just wrongfully assumed that I can or cannot do. Mm hmm. Yeah, no, <laughs> like clap that up 100%. Mm-hmm. So I know you have a movement program and I know it's opening soon. Um, can you tell us more about the Joyful Movement Program and that process of accessing that for ourselves and learning how to make that magic happen? Yes. So the Joyful Movement Program was created back in the summer of 2020. So that should say something about <laughs> what it is. It is not a workout program. It is a four-week virtual you know, redefine your relationship to movement kind of program where we do a whole lot of talking. Um, I do want to make that very clear because some folks come into it and they're like, we're doing a lot of talking, not a whole lot of moving together. And that is for a reason. It's structured in a way where during the five calls that we have together during those four weeks, really take time to, you always have like some learning materials and then we get to talk about those. And also you have an option to put those into practice and just kind of explore. So I really want to leave it open-ended because what I consider joyful movement for me may not be joyful movement for another person. Um, strength training is just like fun for me for the sake of strength training. That may not be true for somebody else. And that's totally fine. So what that open-endedness has given to people towards the end, when I ask them like, hey, if you have found some sort of joyful movement, what does that look like for you? One person I remember uh, ended up getting a mini trampoline for herself in her living room. And like whenever she passed by it or felt like it, popped it down. And like that was ideal for what she wanted, the amount of energy and time and resources that she had. That was amazing. Yes. Ended up coming up with this idea that any sort of movement that like involves wind blowing in her face. So it could be like Mm -hmm. swinging on a swing set, biking, um, just anything that's kind of fast speed and the wind is in her face. She was like, I'm all about it. It just feels so joyful to me. It feels like I'm a kid, you know, sticking my head out of the window of the car and it's super fun. And so I would have never been able to tell them that and been like, this is what's going to be just (laughs) absolutely doing it for you at the end of it. And I just want us to kind of remind ourselves and dispel this myth that joyful movement is all like dancing and stretching and like really chill. It can absolutely also be, you know, like challenging yourself and being like, you know, some people for the first time tried running for a little bit. Maybe it was just like, oh, I was on a walk and I just this feeling welled up inside of me that I wanted to like run to the light post. And when I was done with running, I just stopped and kept walking, you know, <laughs> and so cool things can happen during the program. It's not super scripted in terms of like what you need to do outside of our discussion calls. There are suggestions, there are prompts, and there's also a really amazing community. And that's really what I like wanted it to be there for. Taking this approach to movement is kind of radical and kind of weird still and kind of like, I don't know, not as popular at the moment. And so a lot of us can feel alone and kind of disoriented to not have that community. So it's also really built around making other non-diet friends. Yeah. 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 I love that too. Cause I know 
for me, the portal in which I got to a place where I can like not worry about when my next workout is happening is because I do it for joy and fun. And I have figured out what works for me. So it's so awesome yeah. that you're providing a space for people to find that for themselves. Cause that really like, I was just I was like, it unlocks everything. It just makes it so much easier when you're doing it for joy. Cause then the question is like, am I having fun? Yes or no? Like, that's the question. There's no other things that matter. Can I at least add fun? Like I'm thinking about all that I'm on a quote unquote training program where I have, you know, workouts that I'm prescribed in some way. Can I at least add fun to it? Like, can I make this interesting instead of just being like, I'm going to accept this sucks. Like, I don't know. (laughs) I'm always of the, like, I'm the person that uh, I trained for a ultra marathon a few years ago. And Mm -hmm. I was always like, my goal is to finish and have like a smile on my face at the end. Cause there's nothing better. I don't know. than having like a shit eating grin at the end where everyone's (laughs) like, this is awful. And I'm like, I had a great time. I ate a lot of (laughs) snacks. I drank a lot of soda and I just loved it. (laughs) Like there were hard times. Don't get me wrong, but it's just something really funny about just being like, yeah, fuck these like hustle and grind bros. I'm going to be out Mm -hmm. here having fun and working hard and like, you know, struggling. I did get stung by some, uh, what are they called? Some like uh, yellow jackets. That was oh, really no. <laughs> did not enjoy that. <laughs> not joyful, but having the like gamut of our emotions and just like yeah. letting it all be there is fucking great. So that's really what the Joyful Movement program is about. I'm stoked. We're doing the seventh round now in January. We'll start on January 17th, but I'll be opening up on the first. Just as I said, I love New Year's Day. It's like my favorite. (laughs) Clearly. And where can people find more information on that program and then come follow you obsessively on social medias as I do? (laughs) So you'll find me two places, two places only, probably my website, thenondietrainer.com. All of the details about the program are there as well as other stuff. And then of course, my social media is just Instagram at non-diet underscore trainer. Yes. Simple. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to hang out with us today. I think I might need a trampoline in my living room. I'm pretty sure. (laughs) I love it. Now, did I tell you that that was going to be an awesome conversation? And I hope you two are feeling as empowered and excited and just ready to get out there and move. And whether that means, you know, a super small movement of just starting to move your eyeballs around or just moving your hands around, or it means, you know, going out for a walk or doing a workout, like whatever movement is to you. I hope that it brings you joy. And I hope that Barb has given you some additional ideas on how to keep that magic happening for you. So like she mentioned, she does have her joyful movement program at the time of this publication. I think you have just a few days left. I'm not sure if it's sold out yet. So if that's something you're considering, definitely go find her, go check it out, go ask your questions, go make it happen. And also, as always, we would both love to hear what your biggest takeaway is from today's episode. So if that's permission to move with joy or just thinking about movement in a different way, take a screenshot of this episode, tag us on Instagram. I'm at Hala Plus, you can send any questions you might have. You can send those in the DMs. You can comment on posts or you can call the Body Nerd Hotline at 818-396-6501. And before I go, Don't forget that show notes, fun links, free downloads, the Body Nerds group, and all things podcast related live over at aewellness.com slash podcast. 
And you know the drill, and it truly does help with the show and how it is pushed out to the masses, and we can help spread the word that life without pain is possible. So thank you for subscribing if you haven't already. That way you don't miss any future episodes. Thank you for taking the time to leave a review. I seriously appreciate it. Um, And even thank you for sharing this episode. A huge piece of the growth of this show has been people just like yourself sending it to a friend. Hey, you got to listen to this or sending it to your workout buddy or a family member or your partner and just being like, hey, we can enjoy life without pain. So thanks for being a part of this mission of mine. And I'm so glad that you're here. So here's asking better questions, moving with joy, and getting super nerdy. Thank you for helping me spread the word that your body is super cool and that you, my friend, can change the unchangeable. I'll talk to you next week. Pain stops you in your tracks, and body work is one of the fastest and most effective ways to deal with it. I've put together a free PDF with the six places you need to roll right now for quick relief. Plus, the reason why what you've tried so far has only given you a temporary fix. So whether it's back pain, plantar fasciitis, neck tension, shoulder pain, or tight hips, I've got you covered. And when you download it now, I'll also send you some video demos to get you started even faster. Head on over to aewellness.com slash bodywork, that's B-O-D-Y-W-O-R-K, to get started today.